Boy, the last episode we had on the show was a blast. Um, little fun fact about that episode uh, with the restaurants and stores that used to exist in the Farmington Hills and West Bloomfield. So I had my list in front of me, but I really, and I don't even mind saying this because it just makes, it's like a little behind the scenes fun fact. Uh, I didn't write down anything about those restaurants. I basically had that list in front of me. And as I went up and down the list, off the top of my head, I just rambled off everything that I remember. Um, maybe, you know, does that look bad? Is that a bad look on my part? I don't believe so uh, for me to, like, tell you guys. Like, I honestly, I don't care. Like, and you know what? I'm going to toot my horn a little bit. It is slightly impressive that I just sat here <laughs> and rambled off everything that I said just off the dome. Like, I didn't have a little Google Doc of, you know, Leo's. Uh, hyphen like pink soap gross floors mural on the wall it was just everything was boom 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 off the top of my head um so thank you guys if if you reached out uh and you know who you are um you know showing me some love on that last episode i know it was something different and i had a lot of fun doing it i'm sure you guys had a blast listening to it um so we're gonna start today's episode off with a couple places that i forgot to mention nothing too crazy but without further ado, let's get right into it. Welcome to Motor City Hardball, presented by Blue Wire Hustle. On today's episode, the kids are growing up fast. So first off, uh, I do have a little bit of good news. I finally was able to get a job. So now my schedule is a little bit more busy. Uh, not so retired as much as I was. Can't really golf as much as I was, but that's okay because we are finally moving up in the world. So as for now, uh, in terms of the podcast, it's still going to be on Wednesdays at 3 o'clock. That is tentative to change, um, but for now, everything will still be released Wednesdays at 3 o'clock, and I will keep you guys in touch if anything tends to change. But yes, for now, Wednesdays at 3 o'clock still works for me. So yeah, it's been a little bit of a busy past couple weeks for me just with this job and, um, you know, golf. <laughs> I guess, and I still golf, uh, and I'm still, like, those are, like, the only things I've done, and now now that I have a job, like, podcast and golf, but now that I have a job, I have three things to do, um, but instead of me just sitting here and babbling and boring you guys, I want to talk about a few of the things, the places that I missed uh, from last week's bonus episode, which, again, if there's anything else that you thought of that I didn't think of, let me know because we can always backtrack to this. Um, it's very fun to talk about. And <laughs> I had a lot of fun putting together the episode. Um, so today's the first, the, the three things that I have for you guys. One is a restaurant. Um, actually, two are restaurants. One of the restaurants, I don't really remember all that well. And there's only one thing that I do remember about this restaurant. Uh, and then another thing is just an obscure object, which we're going to save for last. Uh, and here's a hint. It still exists. All right. So first things first, uh, the Hercules, the Hercules restaurant that is now the like Farmington Hills Leo's kind of tucked away in the corner there. 
So in terms of like the 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 interior and like the food, like the food, nothing really changed other than the fact that it was its own unique like Coney Island entity. It was Hercules, the only one of its kind as far as I know. And it was good. There's nothing against it, but as many of you I'm sure can relate and agree with, there was really no point of going to it unless you were over on that side of town because you had OG Leo's, I'm assuming for the majority of all of us, like five minutes away. Uh, A five-minute drive, not even, from Rolling Oaks, like a four-ish minute drive from my house. And yeah, it was just all about OG Leo's. So if you were ever, like, I, I mean, I went to Dunkel, so there was a handful of times where we would walk after school over there because he felt so cool doing so on like a half day and we used to eat at Hercules. But the biggest takeaway that I have from that restaurant is that that Hercules had crazy murals on the wall. So last week I talked about the one mural of the lady who is on the wall at Leo's. She kind of looked like Cinderella. She had like her hair in a bun and was like, had a walk of some kind. I'm sure you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, but the the murals and paintings at Hercules were crazy. They were like I remember there was like a a mammoth and like a giant buffalo type thing, maybe like some ma- like a like a mastodon. It and it was Hercules, I, at least I think in all maybe it was four of them, but it was Hercules and all of those murals, and he was like fending off the land from those wild beasts basically like you know you just know when you eat like the mural is there as a sign and a symbol of just know that you're safe when you decide to eat here like in case any of these massive beasts decide to you know make their way into the restaurant uh you guys will be okay and um yeah i think that was why those murals existed in the first place that was why they hired someone to come in and paint those but when i think of that hercules those were the first immediate things that come to mind uh i don't really recall anything else like i don't believe there was pink soap in the bathroom like leo's but yes those murals were probably the biggest aspect like the biggest selling point that that hercules had to offer that restaurant had to offer if you were over that on that side of town you would go there otherwise you'd be eating at leo's um, big shout out to Skylar Watnick for pointing that one out. She told me that I totally forgot that Hercules, which um, I want to say closed when I was a freshman in high school, somewhere around that time. It didn't necessarily close; it just became Twelve Mile Hercules or Twelve Mile Herc- Twelve Mile Leos. And a fun fact: I went to the grand opening of that Leos, and somehow I think. Maybe it was the first, I don't know, 100, 200 or so customers. Whatever it was, they did like a little promotion and they handed out VIP cards. And the VIP card is basically just a 10% off coupon anytime you go to that Leo's. But I've used it at the 13 and Orchard Leo's and they haven't said anything because, haha, I'm a VIP. So yeah, I still have that in my wallet. It's like kind of old, gross, and crumpy, but it still exists, and uh, yeah, I'm, fun fact, a VIP of the 12 Mile Leos. Okay, we're going to move on here and talk about a restaurant that I had like once or twice, and I just don't really remember it, but Buggy Works. Uh, I guess this was on Orchard Lake. It was across from, I believe it was across from where like the BP is now, like the 7-Eleven and all that, so it was on the other side, and 
I just, I kind of remember there was a train that used to go around and it was above everybody and it went around the whole restaurant, but that's it. Like that's as far back as I can remember, uh, buggy works or was it called family buggy? Something either buggy works or family, whatever it was that restaurant I ate at maybe a couple times, but I think I had been really young because I don't remember it. Um, I was talking to, again, another shout-out, Alex Kaufman. Alex and I were talking about this restaurant, and he seemed to remember more than me. Like, he was talking about there was, like, a gift shop with, like, little... Not necessarily a gift shop, but... Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. No, like a gift shop. Uh, Think about, you know, when you go to a Rainforest Cafe, which, do those still exist? Is the only Rainforest Cafe in Great Lakes Crossing? I think so. Unless you're like, if you happen to be in Ohio or like Disney World, somewhere like touristy, there's a rainforest cafe. Because who decides they're just going to a rainforest cafe? We're going to take the kids to rainforest cafe, you know, drive 40 minutes one way. Um, What's the selling point? Maybe there used to be like animated animals in there or whatever. I just remember the leapfrog. Okay, besides, that's besides the point. Um, Alex and I were talking about the buggy works and he seemed to remember more than me oh he also said that there was like a really good jello like they had a very famous like neon green jello i don't remember that so i'm sorry if any of you guys out there are offended that i don't remember buggy works family buggy and if you know more feel free to let me know because i could surely use that education and last but not least uh this thing still exists uh i don't know for you guys if it was (laughs) as big of a uh thing i guess when you were a kid but for me this was it was such a thing it was such a thing i'm not going to tease anybody any longer and i'm going to talk about the tree and it's not a real tree and maybe you guys know what it is because i'm i said it's a tree i'm sure some of you listening right now are like oh my god i know exactly what brandon's talking about and some of you are maybe pissed like what what tree what is he talking about the tree that was behind old dunham's the tree that still exists the tree that isn't a tree that's a cell phone tower that looks like it's a tree uh that's on orchard lake it's kind of tucked away behind like honey tree and uh or george's if you call it that i'm og i like to call it honey tree still but yeah that tree for me, was a staple of childhood. Like every time we drove past it, with me and my dad, we'd be we'd be in the car and be like, "Oh, the tree! Like, there's the tree." But that was it. That was the only meaning it had. It wasn't like, "Oh, guys, look, look! It's the the tree!" Like it, you know. It was just the same thing every time. Uh, I don't know if when I was a kid, I think when I was a kid, I thought it was an actual tree, and I don't know the age at when I found out that wasn't a tree. It's like the equivalent of, of Santa Claus, uh, like the Orchard Lake Farmington Hills version, meaning, you know, at what age do you realize or learn that Santa isn't real? At what age did you realize or learn that the tree in Farmington Hills is just a cell phone tower, not a tree? Therefore, you can't climb it. Therefore, the limbs and branches and everything have stayed the exact uh, distance and... Um, Yeah, nothing really grew on that thing because it's not a tree. So I don't know if if for you guys that was like a big deal. Uh, But for me, the tree definitely still there, still exists. Um, The tree was huge. The tree was big. 
No pun intended there. But before I move on to talk about baseball, some a, a restaurant literally just came into my mind as we're sitting here talking right now. And I can't believe I forgot this in the first episode. But are you guys ready? Let's get like a like a drum roll. I don't know how well you can hear that. But remember Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Yo, Pizza Hut. The Pizza Hut was on Northwestern Highway. And it was like a red... It actually, now that I think about it, whatever the Pizza Hut logo is, like that was the that was what the building looked like. It was like a red, kind of a top hat looking roof type thing. Uh, you walked into that Pizza Hut, and there was like little, uh, not board games, but like a like a Pac Man, like a legit like Miss Pac Man type thing. One of those machines where you put a quarter in, and it looked like a baseball stadium, and you pulled back on like the pinball thing and it would like swing a baseball bat and you could win like either it was a bouncy ball or gum. I remember that. Um, I believe they had those like big, like red lamps, like those weird, crazy lamps that hung like so close to your face, uh, at the table, even though you like, we were kids, so it, it wasn't directly at our face, but like those low hanging lamps, um, pizza hut was a place for me where when I was growing up, uh, and if you played Farmington Hills Rec League soccer, um, we were there all the time. I was always there after games. Um, maybe that was just me. I don't think it was necessarily a Farmington Hills soccer thing, but I'm sure some of you guys went there after games. That was the place to go. And when I think of pizza, good pizza nowadays, it's not Pizza Hut because there's none close. There's I had a Pizza Hut in Florida. I had it a couple years ago. But, like, there's no, other than that, like, I couldn't tell you the last time I went to a Pizza Hut. Not only that, I couldn't even tell you where the closest Pizza Hut is. I still see their commercials, but I haven't been to a Pizza Hut or seen one in the area for a very long time. But I remember their pizza being just really good, like crappy, really greasy. The greasy crap pizza that's still really good. Uh, I don't remember when that Pizza Hut closed, but that was definitely a staple of Farmington Hills. That Pizza Hut stood the test of time for I don't know how long, but it was there for a while. And really one of the better Pizza Hut or one of the better Pizza Huts, the one of the better pizza places in Farmington Hills. I mean, now you got, you know, Jets. And I know back then like Jets was still a thing. Um and we're not talking necessarily like fancy. But I'm talking like, you know, chain restaurant style pizza places. Pizza Hut was top three easily. It was the best. You know what? Screw it. I'm going to give it that that credit that it solely deserves. Uh, pizza Hut was the best pizza at that time in Farmington Hills just because the ambiance, like you knew you were going because your team won. Like it was just a, a, a like a rec league center for everything. Like baseball games, boom, we're at Pizza Hut. Soccer games, boom, end of the game. Sick. We're all at Pizza Hut. Um you know, you're drinking less Capri Suns and eating fewer bags of chips during halftime at your soccer game because you know that you're going to Pizza Hut after and you didn't want to not have an appetite. So it's pretty wild that that Pizza Hut literally just occurred to me. It was not in my plans at all. That's why if you listen back to the beginning of the episode, I said I had only three places, but uh, it's funny how things work out like that sometimes. So we're going to move on and talk a little bit of baseball.
It's high A West Michigan no longer for Spencer Torkelson, Major League Baseball's number one first overall pick in the 2020 draft, and Dylan Dingler, uh, the Tigers' fourth overall prospect. Uh, both of those guys got the call to Double A Erie just a couple days ago. Um, it is a huge promotion for arguably the future, maybe, maybe. Hall of Famer and Spencer Torkelson. Is it too early to say? Who knows? But with the numbers that he put up for the Whitecaps, uh, that seems to be the case. Uh, Torkelson hit 312 with 11 doubles, one triple, five home runs, 28 RBIs. He had 24 walks and 28 strikeouts in 31 games. Uh, he also had a 440 on base percentage and a 1.009 on base plus slugging percentage over the course of his career with high A West Michigan. So for Torkelson, uh, he got off to a bit of a slow start. And if you guys weren't paying attention in spring training, he was pretty bad. Uh, I believe he only had one or two hits in several, several at-bats. Uh, I think he finished like two or three for 40, I believe. his. I mean, his numbers were not good. Um, but look, he's just, he's a young kid. I mean, he last he battled through you know the pandemic in 2020 and 2019 uh was the last time he played and that was college baseball um so this guy you know went from playing for arizona state to literally seeing you know major league pitching for the first time uh in spring training this past season so we had to give torgerson you know a, a bit of a breather uh he also played a little bit in the the weird uh covid summer camp last summer at Comerica Park. Um, but if you guys haven't seen any of his highlights so far, what he's done, it's unbelievable. I mean, the 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 sheer power that this guy has and I've seen like all all on Twitter, it's the best place to see these highlights and stuff. Uh and you really see, you know, these these guys balling out. Like there's really no other way to watch, you know, a Spencer Torkelson highlight. But anyway, um, I've come across several of these videos of his homers that he's hit and they're bombs. They're not just like, you know, wall scrapers. He's a big dude and I believe he's only 21 still. And the future is just so bright for him. Um, Dylan Dingler, who was the Tigers second round pick in 2020, uh, he finished with a 287 batting average. He had six doubles, one triple, eight homers, including a grand slam, 24 RBIs, 13 walks, and 36 strikeouts. Uh, he had a 376 on base percentage and a 549 slugging percentage. So it's pretty interesting um, with him at catcher. And if you look at what production the Tigers have gotten from that position as of late, uh, between Eric Haas, you know, and Jake Rogers, kind of that those little that duo of a platoon has really worked wonders um, for the Tigers and something that we haven't seen in so long. I couldn't tell you. It was, it was Pudge. Like, not since Pudge have the Tigers had a good catcher. It has always been such a weak spot for us. Uh, granted, Alex Avila had that one season behind the plate where he was actually good. Uh, I think he was an all-star that year. But then that was it. Who cares if he's, like, decent defensively? Uh, I, I hoped because I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. Like, obviously you want a, a good, a solid defensive catcher, but if they can't do anything on the offensive side of things, then, you know, what's the point? And not only that, but Alex Avila never, he, he really put the ball in play. 
He was he just struck out all the time, and that does you no good. At least put the ball in play. Do something. But he was striking out heavily. Um, yeah, not since Pudge had the Tigers had a good catcher. Uh, there's a lot of hope in James McCann. Uh, I actually it was cool. I met him in spring training back in 2012. That was back when he was a nobody, and he was a big dude. I met him. I shook his hand. Found out, like looked him up afterwards. I was like, whoa, like he's a catcher. I'm not surprised. Uh, just a big guy, bulky. Um, he had, you know, he had a couple good seasons with Detroit, but again, just another guy who defensively monster, all star, offensively can't seem to do anything. Um, was pretty, did pretty well for the White Sox uh, the last two seasons. Then he went and signed a, I believe it was an eighty million dollar four year contract um, with the New York Mets. And I'll tell you what, right now. I don't think his stats and what he's making uh, has paid dividends for the Mets. Not only that, but the Mets have been tough, too, with uh, Francisco Lindor. Man, was he struggling. Um, But if my computer wants to load here, yeah, James McCann in 160 at-bats has 38 hits. That's good for a .238 batting average. Six homers, 22 RBIs. It's not exactly going to cut it. in his last 15 games, he's done okay, a 314 batting average. But, yeah, it's tough, tough for James McCain. He was our second-round pick in the overall 76th pick back in 2011. Uh, so hopefully he can get things up and running. But it would be great for the Tigers to have a bright future in Dylan Dingler. This seems like a guy who's got a lot of pop uh, and is also has good pop time, no pun intended, behind home plate. Um, just nice defensively. And, man, it has been so long since this team has had anything good to say about the catching position. Uh, think back to most recently. I mean, he's been on the DL, but, like, Grayson Griner. Like, we've, for the last few seasons, we've just been banking on, like, Grayson Griner. Uh, Wilson Ramos, you know, unfortunately, things look good for him at the beginning of this season. He led the league in homers for how many days did that last? But he showed a bit of a power surge. But the thing is, is he's getting old. He is old. And he's just, he's hurt. He can't stay healthy. I can't, he's been on the DL for quite some time now. But at this point, it's like, why even play? Like, he, we have Eric Haas, who's been a beast, who is literally putting this team on the back. I mean, what the hell was that game the other day? He had the one hit all day. Out of anyone who's going to do it, clearly Eric Haas. But just a crazy power stroke. I believe he had three games this season. It was like, I think he is. He leads the, te- the team in homers. But for a while, he had this streak of like three consecutive games. Or not consecutive. Any game, three consecutive games of multi-homers. Multi-home run games. Like he didn't go. He had three games where if he hit a home run, he hit two, not just one is the easiest <laughs> plain English way uh, to say that sentence. But um, really exciting to see, you know, those guys, um, back to Torgelson and, and Dingler for a sec, get that promotion. Uh, they join Riley Green, uh, who is also the future of this team, a highly touted prospect. Um, so now it's just a question of, well, when do these guys get the call? Uh, and how long will it take, you know, for, like, will we see – Riley Green get promoted to AAA before we see, you know, Torkelson or Dingler. 
Um, will it be the opposite? Will one of those guys go before Riley Green? Will Riley Green get called up to the major leagues before those? Like, there's there's a bunch of options. Um, but either way, it's good to see that those guys, you know, Torkelson and Dingler, especially Torkelson, though, because you can imagine just how much pressure uh, is mounting on his shoulders as the number one pick being, you know, compared to so many legends and guys like Pete Alonso. So there's definitely a lot of pressure on him to succeed at the major league level. Uh, obviously, we've yet to see that, but regardless, um, it's nice to see that he is finally producing uh, in the minor leagues. So things have not been so easy for the Tigers. Uh, they got mounted the other day, 15-2. to uh, It was cool to see Daz Cameron hit a game-tying home run the other night against Liam Hendricks, a guy who's been so electric and so good for uh, a handful of seasons now. He got paid by the White Sox. Uh, overpaid, if you ask me. I think it was like 55 mil over the course of three years, which is so much money for a reliever slash closer, unless your name is Aroldis Chapman, in my opinion. Um, but the Tigers just have been tough. Uh, we've lost three of the last uh, – we're three and seven in our last ten games. Um, starting pitching is still decent. I mean, Scooble and, and Casey Mize, in terms of the young guys, and Turnbull like have looked good. Uh, we're on the road in KC right now. We got Boyd pitching tonight. Um, Casey Mize going again tomorrow. And granted, I am recording today on Monday. So by the time you're listening to this, a lot of things have changed since then. But hopefully, I mean, we can win at least those two games, at least one of those. Um, no, Mike Miner. No, it's what's his name? Yeah, Brady Singer's really got our number. He's pitching on Wednesday. Uh, so that would be a cool matchup between Scooble and Singer. Um, also... I feel like the only, probably one of the select few people that are listening right now in this podcast follows the Tigers on Twitter. Uh, Other than if your name is Jake Provisor, I know, Jake, if you're listening, that you saw this. Um, The Tigers Twitter, I don't know why. I thought the team was going out west, unless they are. Oh, yeah, they are (laughs) on Wednesday. Ooh, we're facing Otani on Thursday. That's sick. We're going to get smacked. Um, Yeah, the Tigers just, like, fully were, like, gassed up on this road trip, rocking all these jerseys. Everyone looked really dope. Um, Some great jerseys. And uh, I just thought that was really cool. Little last second thing to add. But guys, we're going to wrap things up uh, right there. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I know things have looked and sounded a little different these past couple episodes. Just having a little more fun here. Um, Not that we don't have fun. Not that we don't have fun, but this idea just kind of came to me. Shout out to Marcy Welford. Uh, I didn't show her any love last episode, uh, but she was pretty much the one who was like, oh, like, should put this, you know, in the podcast, make an episode out of it. And I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. Uh, um, And shout out to Eli Hammer, too. This was the bonfire that happened at his house was where that idea came from as well so shout out to eli thanks for having the bonfire if it wasn't for that bonfire we would not have had that bonus episode from two weeks ago Uh, but guys thanks for tuning in again uh, as of right now episodes will be out on wednesdays at three o'clock that is tentative to possibly change we will see but i am gonna end things there i'm brandon rothenberg thanks for listening to motor city hardball we'll see you guys next week